details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public. No more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Finally, a guy in broadcasting that represents the very average side of us all. The following broadcast is in the hands of a college-educated, barely-employed guy that does a podcast for an audience of fewer people than Paris Hilton has brain cells. It's hard to imagine that he's perpetually single. Now, from the middle of desert Urbania, this is Michael Groff in Exile. this April or is it February? What the hell's going on here? Must be that global warming happening. Huh? Let's see. It's uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I think today is April 22nd, Earth Day. And uh, it's 63 degrees outside at uh, like 5 in the afternoon. So... You tell me what's going on. Oh my goodness. All right. Welcome in. It is Michael Graff in exile, and it is Thursday, April 22nd, 2010. And uh, just a, a, a great global warming kind of day outside right now. I'm, I'm loving this. If we had a, if we continued with this kind of coolish spring, we had a few, a couple of days where it was 90 degrees. It was a little touch and go. It was getting a little too hot. I was running the air in here. Um, and I am not looking forward to another summer of that, just sitting here sweltering. But I would not be disappointed if we continue to have a cool spring. I I know some people are complaining about it, the tourists and whatnot. They're all, you know, I come to Arizona and I want warmth. I want sunshine. What is this rain I'm seeing everywhere? Ah. Signal. Oh boy, dear. I come out here and I'm expecting the warm weather and I'm not getting it all. Oh boy. Oh, oh yeah, you betcha. Yeah, give me a break. All right, anyway, welcome in. Yes, uh, Mike at KMGX.com is our email address. That's also the PayPal address for your most generous contributions to this program. Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger, should you wish to contact us via that avenue. MichaelGroff.com for all of your other assorted Michael Groff needs. And 
Gita. We're also on Facebook. We're just basically all over the world, round the clock, 24-7. You just can't escape it. The, the ubiquitous nature of me and this podcast, you just you just have to love that or, or something. I don't know. Heard by literally 11s of people. General rundown for the program, uh, a slightly new feature and sort of a uh, the eventual restructuring of the podcast taking place. Uh, today, we're going to unveil a, a brand new feature. I want to sort of explain it, even though it really doesn't need much of an explanation, but I'm just, I'm just setting up the bit a little bit. So we have... Um, I have highlighted some of the biggest news stories of the day or, or things that are on my radar that I think are interesting and that I, I want to share with you. And uh, these aren't the only things that we're going to talk about on the podcast, of course, but they're just things that I want to make sure I at least mention if for no other place in the open of the show because I think they're, uh, they're important or they have some newsworthiness or they have some value at least to me. And uh, I thought five was too few, and I thought ten was too many, plus everybody does a top ten or a top five, so I figured I'd sort of split the difference. No, I'm not doing seven and a half, but these are the, the seven biggest stories, the seven salient, salacious, seductive, stimulating sort of storylines of the day. How do you like that? Well... Uh, without further ado, might as well just unveil it. This is, uh, you just jump in and swim on this. These are the biggest stories of the day, according to me. People are idiots. Everyone has their own definition of what's newsworthy. The feeling most people get when they hear a Barack Obama speech, my, I felt this thrill going up my leg. I mean, well, I don't have that too often. I guess some people shouldn't be gatekeepers of the news. <laughs> Lucky for you, the decisions are now in the capable hands of this guy. Wow! It's time now for Michael Groff's seven most salient, salacious, and stimulating storylines of the day. Yes, the news that's on my radar, the news according to me. Stuff I think is worthy enough to get into, and it all starts right now. Number seven. Uh, number seven, and this is a story that's been on my desk for a while. I haven't gotten around to it, so you'll forgive me for being a little late on this, but Larry King getting his eighth divorce from his seventh wife, if you're following at home, if you're keeping the scorecards, Sean King, the latest. This is an interesting chick. She's kind of a she's kind of an attractive woman, but the the interesting I think he had a child with this one too. Or how many kids does Larry have anyway? Larry getting a divorce, his uh, eighth divorce, and obviously the question is, who the hell marries Larry King? How does he land hot chicks? How is it that a guy like him has eight divorces? A guy like me will probably never be married. I, that's, <laughs> that's really the question I have on all of this. The assorted details include... Uh, the wife, the now soon-to-be ex-wife, uh, was apparently sleeping with the kid's baseball coach. But Larry, you know, being the upstanding guy he is, yeah, he was sleeping with the woman's sister. So I guess 
I guess it's all pretty even, huh? Number six. All right, number six. Well, the NFL draft is in prime time tonight. The NFL draft, uh, Sam Bradford expected to be the overall number one pick. Actually, that pick should have been going on like right about now. But uh, since I'm in here and I'm talking to you and I don't have uh, any uh, television feeds going right now because, you know, it's a little distracting. Um, I guess he was expected to be the overall number one pick. That's not all, though. We've got NHL playoffs going on. Uh, man, last night I watched uh, the Sabres and the Bruins. What a What a game. I mean, there is actually, see, this is the thing. Once again, I know people think I hate hockey and that I diss hockey, but I love playoff hockey. It's great. Playoff hockey is awesome. Uh, it'll never be mainstream in America ever again. The closest it ever got was uh, was back in the 90s. And that's, it's, forget it. It's just not happening again. NBA playoffs uh, right now. Lakers up two games to none on the Thunder. Um... Spurs got even last night. Tim Duncan, 25 points, 17 rebounds. That series tied at one game apiece. The Suns are looking to go up two games to one on the Blazers later tonight. I'm going to be watching that game, which is why I need to hurry this along. Number five. Number five, uh, the, the bill, the big bill, Arizona's toughest bill, the toughest bill in the nation on illegal immigrants, still has not been signed nor vetoed by Governor Jan Brewer. And it doesn't look like... It looks like she's going to sign it, I think. But we really haven't heard one way or the other. And that is a little bit of a concern, at least to me. Uh, Jen, what's the holdup? Look, it's an election year. If you want to even have a chance of getting uh, of getting uh, uh, reelected, you want, you want the state to... To give a crap Might want to sign that bill I'm just saying, alright Number four Alright, uh, Big Ben Suspended You know him as one of the most overrated quarterbacks In the NFL, Ben Roethlisberger Suspended By Roger Goodell Yesterday And uh, this was the big, big news And of course We're going to get into this one A little bit more, but the implications, the precedent has now been set. Even if you're not convicted of a crime, if you're just a guy out looking for some ass, well, think again because if anybody accuses you of doing anything wrong, even if it's completely unfounded, you could be suspended. Nice going, NFL. Number three. Three. Well, Looks like flights are resuming across much of Europe. The Icelandic volcano settling down. Everything is uh, looking to get back to normal, allegedly. But the economic impact is going to be substantial. And big surprise, airlines over in Europe are looking for government subsidies to make up for the losses. You gotta love socialist Europe, and that's the direction we're headed, huh? Number two, two. Apparently, South Park has been censored again, and uh, I didn't know this, but there is a word that is illegal to say on TV. And I'm not talking about the seven dirty words, even though it is cable, uh, so I guess you could say the seven dirty words. But uh, apparently, they actually dare to say Mohammed. 
Yeah, I'm going to talk about that. South Park dared to talk about the Prophet Muhammad. And I'm sure, I'm sure it was satire. I didn't see it. I haven't really heard much about it. I just, uh, I just saw this story a little while ago. Truthfully, I thought South Park was off the air about 10 years ago. Kind of lost its relevance quite a while ago, but I'm told it's still funny, but I don't know. I, uh, but this is just another big controversy. Well, we wouldn't want to upset the Muslims. They, they, they might blow up Matt Stone. I don't know. Number one. Number one. The big story and how it's going to be impacting you is... Oh my God! Uh, this this oil spill that's coming uh, in the Gulf of Mexico. This uh, oil platform it burned. It has since gone down. It it sank, and now we're um, we're waiting for a massive oil spill in the Gulf. And you know what that means, right? Well. Higher gas prices. That's what it's all about. Big surprise there. That's all. That's at least some of the stuff that's on my radar. Not everything we're going to talk about, but at least some of the stuff that I think is germane and relevant. And those are the seven stories that are on my radar. Who needs billion-dollar cable news when you've got Michael Graff? Yeah, that oil rig that went down, or that oil platform. Let's see. They say here that uh, 11 workers are still missing. Uh, the sinking of the Deepwater Horizon, which burned violently into uh, the Gulf. Let's see. It could unleash more than 300,000 gallons of crude a day into the water. The environmental hazards, uh, of course, would be greatest if the spill were to reach uh, the Louisiana coast some 50 miles away. Crews searched by air and water for the missing workers, hoping that they uh, had managed to escape, but most believe that uh, those workers um, were killed in the fire and the uh, ensuing explosions. Caroline Camp of Monterey, Louisiana, said that her grandson, Roy Wyatt Camp, 27, was among the missing. She said that she would have been on the drilling platform when it exploded. Quote, they're assuming all those men uh, who were on the platform are dead, Camp said. That's the last we've heard. Jed Kersey of, of Leesville, Louisiana, said his 33-year-old son, John, had finished his shift on the rig floor and was sleeping when the explosion occurred. He said that his son told him that all 11 missing workers were on the rig floor at the time of the explosion. Quote, he said it was like a war zone, said Jed Kersley, a uh, former offshore oil worker. An alarm sounded and the electricity went out, sending John Kersey and other workers scurrying for lifeboats. And they took them to a nearby service boat, the father said. So it certainly doesn't look good. Uh, doesn't look like a uh, a good situation there. And um, aside from the tragedy of 11 people and others injured, you know that we're going to be feeling it at the pumps. Already gas nearing three dollars a gallon, and this is only going to cause um, this is only going to cause um, the cost to rise 
pretty substantially over the upcoming uh, days and weeks. You can already tell, and that's going to send people scurrying, and we're going to have more discussion about high gas prices, and we're going to be bombarded by stories of how high are those prices going to go over the uh, days and weeks to come. Book it. It's already there. It's already going to happen. You might as well not even resist it. Um, That's coming up, too. So certainly there's... um, just bad news all around from this story, um, from all perspectives. Oof. Time for a break. When we come back, we'll get into more. This is Michael Groff in exile on a Thursday. Mike at KMGX.com, the email and PayPal address. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger for any other feedback. MichaelGroff.com as well. So much more coming up. We'll get into this South Park thing and uh, the illegal bill and a lot of other crazy crap going on. Michael Graff in exile back after this. What's the deal with my brain? Why am I so obviously insane? In a perfect situation, I let love down the drain. There's the pain. Back with segment number two, Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. Also, our PayPal address, it's Mike at KMGX.com. Want to hang out with us on IRC, EFNet IRC, the channel net radio, AOL Instant Messenger. Michael Grav Show is the screen name. Yes, once again, the word Muhammad sparks a controversy. Anytime you poke any kind of fun at Islam, we can't do that anymore. We got several uh, religion of peace updates I want to pass along, but this is just ridiculous. Now the show South Park uh, has once again um, brought, brought to light just how radical this whole thing really is. Now, what was somewhat surprising about this story, according to this, this was their 200th episode of the show. I I thought this show has been on since, I think it's been on since I was in high school and I'm now about 32. So uh, what is it, 14 years or so that this show has been on, only 200 episodes? I thought there's been more. 
So I, I could be a little bit messed up here. But uh, anyway, their show last week, they did this show about the Prophet Muhammad and they sort of poked fun at that as they do just about everything else. And then this uh, website, revolutionmuslim.com, came out and issued a threat against the show saying that they would end up like Theo Van Gogh, the, the filmmaker who was murdered because of uh, his depiction of Muhammad. So, of course, again, like any good Muslims, uh, rather than having any sort of, uh, <laughs> rather than just taking a punch, they do what they do best and threaten to blow stuff up if they don't get their way. Well, we've seen this time and time again. Remember all those uh, columns? Remember that cartoonist that had the Muslim depictions across Europe? Yeah, that didn't go over too well. They rioted in the streets about that. They burned down uh, newspapers and printing presses and just decided to blow anything up that they could find because of that. The same thing's happening with South Park. So the higher-ups decided to protect uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone's best interest. They would... Uh, obscure from view the depiction of Muhammad in, in this week's continuation of that episode. Uh, they, they covered it up with a bear costume, I guess. So that's the controversy uh, surrounding South Park. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just going through here. Uh, any other? Oh, yeah. Last night, South Park continued the controversial Muhammad storyline but with a key difference, every instance of the words Prophet Muhammad was bleeped out, making the episode practically incomprehensible, especially to anyone who missed the previous week. The character of Muhammad was once again also hidden from view, covered by a large block labeled censored. A Comedy Central spokesperson confirmed it was the network's decision to bleep the words. The Muhammad content is not is uh, also not available on the South Park Studios website. A message on the site states, quote, We do not have network approval to stream our original version of the show. We will bring you a version of episode 201 as soon as we can. Ironically, South Park apparently shows an image of the Prophet Muhammad briefly in the opening credits that has uh, gone largely unnoticed. Um, and yeah, and here's the comment. Here's a comment from, I think this is from Matt Stone. Quote, in the 14 years we've been doing South Park, we have never done a show that we couldn't stand behind. We delivered our version of the show to Comedy Central and they made a determination to alter the episode. It wasn't some uh, meta joke on our part. Comedy Central added the bleeps. In fact, Kyle's, uh, customary final speech was about intimidation and fear. It didn't mention Muhammad at all, but it got bleeped out. Uh, we'll be back next week with a whole new show about something completely different, and we'll see what happens to it. Now, at first, when I saw this story, I sort of thought, you know, this is all just a bunch of hype to sort of uh, get some interest around a show that really doesn't have a lot of interest going for it lately. I don't know. It seemed sort of that way, but now it does seem that this is pretty legit when they would go to all this trouble and apparently fans are, are not too happy about it. Um, some people are commenting saying that uh, this is a, a big time. Well, they blame, of course, some people blame uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. You do understand that they're just the creators of the show. They don't really have much to do with the content, uh, strangely enough. Strange as that might sound, 
ultimately, it's all lawyers and executives, people in suits that make those decisions ultimately as to what content is going to be in the show. This has really nothing to do uh, with Trey and Matt. They just write the show. They just write some plot line for the show. And then if the lawyers and the execs uh, decide that it's okay to air, uh, then it get, then it gets aired. But otherwise, no, they, they really don't have a lot to do with it. As you well, certainly not as much as one might think they would. Uh, so that's uh, just something that I thought I would note here. Um, in addition, let's see, how are the ratings on the? I'm just looking here if there are any uh, ratings. Well, apparently, this will probably generate some ratings for the show. But uh, yes, it does seem that uh, the show, as posted on the website, is uh, is also censored. So if you have if you have uh, episode number two hundred, if you have uh, last week's episode. Might want to keep that if you recorded it. If you have it on your DVR, or your TiVo, or God forbid you're still using VHS. All right, now this is a wacky story. And uh, this is something that uh, I have to tell you, people like this really ought to go away for a long, long time. An 18-year-old woman charged with vehicular manslaughter in the death of a Hempstead woman told her side of the story on Wednesday. Now, I don't know if you've heard about this story, but this is, this is weird. This woman, uh, Kale Gertis, Gerties, was apparently high on Vicodin or whatever it is, you know, Oxycontin, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, the th same stuff that Rush Limbaugh was taking. And she smashed her car into a house, a house that was well off the street, incidentally. So she is driving at a high rate of speed. She smashes into this woman's house. She kills the woman who, um, who's the homeowner. She drove right through the front lawn into the house, right into the living room. She killed Rebecca Twine Wright, 69, who was mowing her lawn at the time. Now you might say, well, I mean, uh, okay, you know, as the woman was on prescription, you know, painkillers and she shouldn't have been driving. You know, it's an accident. Those kinds of things happen. All right. Before her arraignment in Nassau County District Court on Wednesday, a very emotional Gerties told reporters, quote, I didn't mean to do it. The car went out of control. I was pressing the brake. It, it was, it was, it was a mistake, she said, sputtering and stuttering her way through. However, it's what she told police that makes it hard to believe. At 2.10 a.m. Wednesday, about 16 hours after the Tuesday morning accident, in a statement to police, Gerties was quoted as saying, quote, the thing that made me feel not so bad was that she was old. I mean, 70 years is a long time to live. What a douche. Defense attorney John R. Lewis says that his client was uh, headed to court on Tuesday to face grand larceny charges for stealing jewelry from her mother when the crash occurred. Lewis says Gerties was devastated when she uh, when uh, she was told that Twine Wright had been killed. Wright was a retired doctor and mother of two. Lewis said Gerties had been in rehabilitation for drug addiction, but left after seven days, apparently after insurance coverage ran out. 
Lewis said that she was released early from a 28-day drug rehabilitation program because her mother's insurance would, would pay for only seven days worth of the treatment. She pleaded not guilty on Wednesday to second-degree manslaughter, second-degree vehicular manslaughter, driving while ability impaired by drugs and unlicensed operation of a motor vehicle. Boy, she has, she's got the uh, she's got the superfecta of stupidity going here. She was on pain pills, so she got vehicular manslaughter. She killed the woman. Driving while impaired by drugs. There you go. Unlicensed operation of a motor vehicle and second degree manslaughter. Nice. She was held on $200,000 bond and is due back in court on Friday. I have many thoughts on this story. Number one, uh, this woman is a, a real piece of work. If you uh, have the inkling to feel sorry for her, uh, don't. Uh, she stole jewelry from her own mother apparently probably to pay for the prescription drugs. You might say, oh, well, it's prescription drugs. Yeah, the problem was they are prescription drugs, but she didn't have a prescription for them. In other words, she obtained them illegally. So uh, so she stole jewelry. She uh, dropped out of rehab after seven days. And you know what's going to happen from this story. And I'm sure her lawyer is already using this tactic. If not, somebody is going to grab a hold of this. They're going to say, see, this is why we need Obamacare, because this woman's insurance only paid for seven days of drug rehab. Yeah, well, here's the problem. If the woman didn't get hooked on the pain pills in the first place, she wouldn't need the seven days or the 28 days of drug rehab. See, the thing is, it, you know, it's all great. It's all well and good to say that, you know, insurance is bad and everything and they'd only pay for seven days, which is a little messed up. If you're going to if you're going to put somebody in a rehab uh, facility, you might want to pay for the whole thing. Might want to just go ahead and, and and shell out the bucks for the whole thing. It is only in the best interest of all parties concerned. But then again, don't get hooked on painkillers. Okay, this is, that's something you control. All right, I, I understand, believe me, okay, you're talking to someone who completely understands and sympathizes with certain types of mental health treatment. All right, I get it. But this is not mental health treatment. This is somebody, this is substance abuse treatment and substance abuse is mind over matter. You get hooked on it, that's your mind over matter. Or maybe it's the matter over the mind. Whatever the case is, don't get hooked on that stuff. Yeah, I don't really have... The only person I have sympathy for is, of course, the woman, the 69-year-old woman that was killed. And then what an incredibly callous thing to say. I'm, I, well, you know, the woman was old. I mean, you know, look, uh, she was 70 years old, 69 years old. I mean, that's, that's a pretty full life, right? And then later... If you've, if you've seen the press conference of this woman, later on then she's screaming and crying and carrying, carrying on and she's just so upset. She can't believe what she did. Yeah, probably after the drugs wore off, after she got a little bit more lucid, maybe she understood what she did and had a little bit of remorse. Maybe she had just the tiniest notion of consciousness about this. Maybe her, uh, the, the little voice in her head, not the ones telling her, take more drugs, but, but maybe the voices in her head that actually govern some semblance of humanity and some semblance of dignity probably told her, you know, you might want to feel sorry here. But I know her lawyer is probably going to run with this idea of, oh, here's a follow-up story. Hold on, I'm, I'm reading this right now. As a matter of fact, that it, her lawyer says... Her lawyer says 
that uh, this is uh, part of the problem. <laughs> I'm not making this up. He does say this is part of the problem with the with the insurance industry and her insurance ran out. They, they look for anything. Lawyers will look for any way to get their clients out of this. And I understand that's what makes a great lawyer. But boy, at some point, maybe you go, uh, you know, just try. Maybe maybe at this point, if I were the lawyer, I would just say to her, I'd say, listen, this doesn't look good for you, okay? If you go in there and you show at least a little bit of remorse and a little bit of, of decency, uh, maybe a jury will look at you and not put you away for, for 60 years, okay? Maybe just try and, and act like a human being for a split second. But, I mean, she's yelling at reporters, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, this story is, uh, that's just sick. That is a sick and very sad story. Really is. Now, uh, on the other side of the coin, we have, well, I'm going to get, I'll get to some of this. I, I got to get to this other stuff in a minute. I got some thoughts on the NFL draft also, because, you know, it is, the draft is today. It's in prime time. Well, the first round of the draft is today. It's in prime time. And, you know, many years ago, they did the NFL draft also on a, uh, I think on a Thursday or a Friday night, but, you know, it never got the coverage that it gets now. And the reason that it gets this coverage is because so many people are into the NFL. There's, there's fantasy leagues. There's gambling. That's why the NFL is the most popular sport. And on, in that vein, I found it very interesting that Ben Roethlisberger, you know, his suspension came down at a very interesting time. If you haven't heard... Big Ben suspended for six games, and I'm not going to talk about it too hot and heavy because, really, I mean, it's something we could go on about forever. But Ben Roethlisberger suspended for six games by Commissioner Roger Goodell. I'm a little mixed on this, okay? I'm a little bit mixed on it. Uh, now, the NFL does have a policy. I want to underscore all of my comments by saying the NFL does have a policy uh, about a personal code of conduct. And that if you have conduct that is detrimental to your organization, whatever that may be, in this case, the Pittsburgh Steelers, or the NFL as a whole, then you face disciplinary actions. And as the Code of Conduct does state, a criminal conviction is not necessary to enforce such a policy. You don't have to be convicted of a crime simply to have defamed the NFL and simply to uh, be, uh, you know, to feel the wrath of this, of this policy. That having been said, and I'm, uh, believe me when I tell you, I am not trying to defend Ben Roethlisberger here because as you know, I pretty well ripped him on this show several weeks ago when this story broke. And I did say, and I cautioned everybody by saying, look, we don't know what went on. There's really... Two people that know what went on, and one of them was drunk, and maybe both of them were drunk. Maybe nobody knows exactly what went on uh, in that club and then in that bathroom with that woman, okay? So I, I will certainly preface what I'm going to say with that. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger, uh, there's certainly not enough to prosecute a case against him. Uh, there's not, uh, the, the woman uh, did not, press charges. Uh, we don't know if there's going to be a civil suit brought against Ben Roethlisberger in this case or not. 
Probably not, but you just don't know. Regardless, there wasn't enough to go after him criminally. Does it mean that he acted appropriately? Probably not. But when you give a 28-year-old dude who's, let's face it, had a lot of stuff handed to him throughout his high school, collegiate, and now professional career, when somebody has the means, they're going to get the ends. If you know what I mean. You have a 28-year-old guy who's got a whole hell of a lot of money, who's got a whole hell of a lot of desire, and generally speaking, gets whatever he wants. And the stories from the Pittsburgh area are pretty legendary about Big Ben. And so he goes down to Georgia. He's hanging out in a nightclub. He sees an attractive woman. They, they flirt. They kiss. They make out. Whatever they do, she gets pretty damn blasted, then they go into a bathroom. What happens next? God knows. Did he rape her? Does not seem so. Did anything inappropriate go on? I don't know. It could be one of those situations, and and it most likely is because this happens a lot. And I know, again, I don't want people to think that I'm insensitive to women here. Um, But I have to tell you, The statistics are 48% of rape cases in this country. 48% of rape cases in this country are overturned. They are are not founded. All right, I mean, so there's a lot of times, it's about half the time, and that's not even what went on here, but I just want to say, that, uh, you know, you have this go on. And there's many cases, and we certainly have talked about them on this show time and time again. There are many cases where a woman has consensual sex with a guy and then later regrets it big time. Big time. To the point where she... She may have been drunk and she does something irresponsible. And I'm telling you right now, this happens a lot. I know from experience this happens a lot. No, that hasn't happened to me. But I do know from experience this happens a lot where somebody gets way too drunk, where a woman gets way too drunk and does something completely irresponsible. And let's face it, a guy takes advantage of the situation. So there's some culpability to be had there, too. So two people do irresponsible things and then God knows there could be a pregnancy that comes about from it. There's certainly a sexual incident that occurs and the woman regrets it later. But at the time she was she she was lucid enough to drink and make the decision to continue to drink and then she lost control or at least lost control of her inhibitions. And as a result, went into a bathroom and did God knows what. Or, you know, whatever the case may be. It happens. And it happens more often than people like to think it does. That's just the reality of it. And, uh, you know, so now getting back to how this relates to Big Ben being suspended. Well, he's suspended because he violated the code of conduct policy. You know, it's not the way a guy should be acting who's in the NFL. You have to be smarter than that. I know if if it's any other single dude not affiliated with the NFL, if it was you or me that we had millions of dollars and we had the means, we uh, listen, I probably wouldn't do that, but 
yes, we'd probably be chasing after women. I wouldn't chase after 20-year-olds. I did that once. I had my, uh, I, I made my mistake. I tell you right now. 20-year-olds, not for me. Thanks. I mean, they're not even really adults. They're adults, but they're not really adults. Believe me. So I wouldn't chase after 20-year-olds. But I can tell you right now that it doesn't, it's not illegal. It's not really immoral. And guys are going to do it. But if you're in the NFL, you've got to be smart. And you've got to know that there are probably going to be people out there that are looking to get after your money, dude. And you've got to understand that there are going to be people that might just want to go after uh, a little bit of that fame. A little bit of the power. They want to be seen with Ben Roethlisberger. You're a quarterback for the, you're a two-time Super Bowl champion for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, people are going to go after you and they're going to want to get a little slice of that celebrity. Whether that's money, fame, whatever. And some people may have nefarious intent in doing so. And I don't know if this woman had that or not. I don't know. He had another incident. Eight months before that. Now, that case, again, dropped. Nothing came of it. So, so far, Ben Roethlisberger has zero charges against him. But he has two incidents. Now, part of me says, you know, this is a bad precedent for the NFL because if anybody accuses anybody else in the NFL of doing something wrong, well, Roger Goodell could lower that. Uh, could, Roger Goodell could lower the hammer on them. As a result, that doesn't seem fair. But at the same time, you sign the contract. You're part of the league. I will say I'd rather it be handled by the franchise on an individual basis. I'd rather the Pittsburgh Steelers say, you know what? We're going to suspend you. Now, the Steelers may actually trade Big Ben. He's... They're not ruling that out. In a conference call the other day, uh, the second question out of the shoot from somebody at um, the local paper in Pittsburgh asked if if uh, trading was an option. And uh, the Roonies, um, they did not rule it out. They they all they just danced around the question. I mean, if you really didn't want to even have the option of trading this guy, what you would say is, no, we're not trading him. But see, they they left the option open. Now, maybe they did it just to scare Big Ben because he has expressed the desire he wants to stay in Pittsburgh. Well, yeah, probably you do. But guess what? You may have very well punched your ticket right out of there, buddy. And again, I'm not going to feel sorry for the guy. He dug his own grave. I have to admit, I'm, I'm not. I don't feel bad for the guy. Mike at KMGX.com is the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Grab show the screen. Come back. Probably have some more thoughts on all of this. And we've got a couple of weird stories. Now, this is going to be stuff that I'm sure you're going to just reactionary jump to conclusions on, but got to play this news story. This is, it's not the first I've heard of this, but it's strange. And so much more still to come. It's Michael Graff in exile on a Thursday. Back after this.
segment Michael Graff in exile on a Thursday a aptly used bumper here a lot of the bumpers I use on this show have significance in some way or another you see this is this is just one of those clever tie-ins because this is a really bizarre news story I don't know if you've ever heard of sleep abuse or or somebody that um, this is not even this is beyond night terrors where somebody is abusive while sleepwalking I don't know how, how many of you have ever even sleepwalked or sleptwalked sleepwalked <laughs> but I mean I have like once or twice and uh, I've had violent dreams before in fact so much so that I, I once while I was uh, asleep I punched the wall by my bed. I put a, a dent in the wall and I woke up. My my hand hurt a little bit and I I looked and I hit the wall. But this is even more bizarre than that. Uh, this is an Oregon man is now facing years behind bars and has his family torn in shambles after what happened one night. Check out this story. We've all heard about those bizarre things some people do in their sleep. Talking, walking, eating, even driving without waking up. But what if you commit a crime while suffering from a sleep disorder? It's torn one family apart and landed an Oregon husband in jail. It was 4 a.m. when, without warning, Adam Kearns attacked his wife, Randy. My son has night turn. My husband woke up. He started yelling at me. I couldn't. I couldn't reason with him. He looked like he was asleep, but I didn't understand what was going on. All of a sudden, he beat the out of me. And yet, perhaps most shocking, Adam, she says, appeared to be sleeping during the attack. He was half asleep. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. He's never been abusive to me in my whole life. Adam was arrested for felony domestic abuse in order to stay away from Randy, a charge his wife is fighting. He's not a violent man. He's never hurt me. He's never even made me feel afraid. But the legal system disagrees. Though Adam can see his three sons, a judge has barred contact between the couple for more than two months. I was told that I wasn't even allowed to console her or hug her or, or have any contact. They couldn't even talk to each other when their son underwent surgery for sleep apnea. And even our interviews had to be done at separate locations. My wife and I have been married for 10 years and we've spent maybe one, two nights apart in that 10 years. And this is two months. Just trying not to break down, but I can't help it. This is destroying me. Feeling alone, Randy didn't know what to do until an episode of Dr. Oz stopped her in her tracks. I'm, I'm hitting her. And I was screaming 
to get him to wake up. Just thought to myself, that's the same thing Adam has. Sleep disorder specialists say being startled in a dreamlike state can trigger primal, violent reactions, as we've reported on ABC. We see kicking, we see punching, we see biting, we see rage reactions. Adam says he's since been diagnosed with REM sleep disorder. The couple's convinced this evidence should clear Adam's name. We asked Dr. Oz if this may explain what happened that night. I think this couple has a very strong case because REM behavior disorder is not some theoretical problem. This is not a, a, a mechanism to escape justice. It's a very real problem that's been studied by physicians. We know it occurs. We know it's not rare. This is causing more damage to my family than anything that could have happened that night. But the Oregon prosecutor says the law exists for good reason. The point is that we're trying to stop domestic violence. Once we get evidence of these crimes, our goal is to hold people accountable for the assaults and the other things that have occurred inside that home uh, and also help these victims get, get out. My main concern is getting home so I can be the two things that I am and that's a good father and a good husband and that's it. Adam will be back in court on May 5th and the couple hopes this may be the end to their nightmare, though they worry the case may drag on for several more months or worse. Well, the punishment absolutely does not make sense. For them to keep us apart it's tearing up our family. You know, I asked Adam, how could the authorities be sure that he and his wife weren't just coming up with the sleep disorder excuse? He said they haven't been able to talk to each other for two months, so coordinating their stories would have been impossible. And he points out that the 911 tapes you hear, she repeatedly says he's asleep. Now, he is a devoted family man and usually coaches Little League, and this year, because of all of the legal expense, he says they couldn't afford the Little League dues. Yeah, that's a very strange story. And, you know, it, I, I when I first saw it, I was I shook my head. I said, yeah, right. Uh, this is just one of those situations where you have a woman that's beaten, but she's one of these weirdos who stays with the husband and then they try to cover for one another. But no, this seems pretty legit. And if you read into this more, this happens more often than you'd like to think it does. I mean, I told you, I punched a wall once when I was sound asleep and I didn't wake up from doing that. There's been a couple of times where I've, I've, I've had violent dreams and I've hit something. Now, I've stayed in bed, but I mean, it, and it's like two times in my whole life that that's happened. But still, I mean, I think that it could very well be uh, legit. It sounds legit. And they're going to lock this guy away. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, I submit to you this story from Salt Lake City where a Utah woman has been sentenced to 30 days at home with an ankle monitor for blindfolding her husband and promising him a surprise before hitting him in the head with a hammer three years ago. Amy Teresa Ricks also was sentenced to probation and community service Monday in 3rd District Court. The 37-year-old pleaded guilty to second-degree felony aggressive assault in February. Prosecutors have agreed to reduce the conviction to a third-degree felony after Ricks completes probation. They also agreed to let Ricks seek um, expungement of the crime after seven years. Rick's husband suffered minor injuries in the May 2007 attack at the time of her plea. Rick's defense attorney said that the two were still married, but were separated. So let's see. A woman ties up a guy and then hits him in the head with a hammer and gets 30 days in-house or in, well, yeah, in-home um, 
sentencing with a with an ankle bracelet, sort of like what Michael Vick got, except, you know, not nearly as long. And she gets community service and that's it. And, and doesn't have to pay any fines, at least doesn't seem that she has to pay any fines. And she gets to have the whole thing expunged from her record after seven years if she stays clean. Now, you know, if a guy did this very same crime, you know what would happen there. Uh, he'd be in jail for like 10 years. So on one hand, we have a guy that that sleepwalked and, and you know, hit his wife and is now in jail for God knows how long he's going to be in jail. I mean, it's, it's all up to lawyers and, and negotiations and God knows what. On the other hand, you have somebody that deliberately tied up their their spouse, a woman that deliberately tied up her spouse and hit him in the head with a hammer. Wow. And she gets 30 days. Yeah, I, I think our justice system is looking great. <laughs> that's, that's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And another story that just seems unbelievable, this is something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and I just want to expand on this a little bit. Um, Belgium may be the first European nation to ban burkas. Yes, we have yet more religion of peace news. The latest round of the Battle of the Burka kicks off Thursday in Belgium, which could become the first country in Europe to ban face coverings worn by observant Muslim women. Lawmakers are considering a ban on all public places of uh, veils that cover the face, as well as burkas, which cover the face and everything else uh, from head to toe. They're motivated by security and morality, they say. Quote, we think all people in public places must show their face, says Dennis Ducarme. And he says, quote, we must defend our values in the question of the freedom and the dignity of the women. Now, um, there's a poll out, too, that uh, people all over the place are kind of in, in wide support of this. You know, Islam uh, is taking over Europe. It's been taking over the UK for some time, France, Belgium. It's all over the place. And people are starting to see that this is getting to be pretty serious. And people are getting a little bit freaked out. Governments are getting a little freaked out. And they're going to start uh, slamming down the ban hammer on this, uh, including I mean, we've already seen it in even in here in the United States. In Florida, we had a case about a woman that wanted to wear a burqa for her driver's license. They wouldn't let her. It went all the way to the state Supreme Court. You have this kind of thing going on here uh, in Belgium. So this is, again, this is serious stuff here. And they see a cultural invasion going on that they don't really particularly care for. And they also see it as, uh, you know, the spread of treating women as an underclass, which is what Islam is all about. And that, that's, listen, that's just the facts, folks. The facts are women are treated as not even second, but third class citizens. They're treated lower than camels in, uh, in, in, the Islamic faith. Believe me. Don't take my word for it. Just look at uh, things like honor rapings, honor killings, and whatnot. Look at uh, Sharia law, if you don't believe me. This is how women are treated in, in Islam. And I think other nations are starting, even, even Europe, who's quite liberal and quite willing to tolerate most of this crap, uh, even they are coming out and saying, you know what? Enough's enough with this. 
We've got to ban these burkas. God knows what's going on here. This is a takeover, and uh, they're getting they're getting pretty upset at what's going on. What's interesting, though, is anytime the United States tries to do anything against the Islamics, and anytime Israel tries to do anything against it, uh, uh, well, then then the Euros step up and say, "Well, wait, wait, you you can't be doing that." But you're trying to fight the culture from within your own country. Well, that's because it's in our country. But you know, it's okay if they they kill the Israelis. I mean, we. They don't really care about that. Come on, they're the Jews, for God's sake. (sighs) Sigh. So uh, that's a little bit more going on there. Uh, This, let's see. The bill before the Chamber of Deputies on Thursday would impose a fine of 15 to 25 euros um, or imprisonment from one to seven days. If you wear a burqa in public, there you go. You know, uh, I can't believe I got through this entire broadcast without doing a mock draft. Thank God. You know, it's it's the NFL is here. The draft, the first round of the draft is tonight. It's in prime time. It's going on right now, as a matter of fact, as I'm doing this podcast. And, you know, on radio stations all across the country, on sports radio stations, hack radio hosts are doing a mock draft on the radio God, there is nothing worse. There is no worse radio than that. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's it's something like this. The the host they'll they'll have like, you know, 32 callers who call up and and pretend to be the uh the general manager of a given team, the corresponding team. So like for example, the St. Louis Rams, you know, they uh Bill and Avondale, you're our uh St. Louis Ram GM. Uh, what's your first pick? And then the guy gets on the phone and, you know, he acts like a commissioner. Uh, Mr. Commissioner, with my first pick, I would like to take Sam Bradford from the uh, University of Oklahoma. And that's how they do it. And and they do a mock draft of, like, callers on the And it's the worst radio. You just want to talk about the NBA playoffs or Major League Baseball or something else pertaining to the draft. But, no, you have to hear a bunch of, you know, a bunch of people who are just like anybody else, they're just calling up and giving their pick for their respective team. That's just bad radio. It's, it's, thank God, man. I I would, I would have to go home and put a gun in my mouth if I had to do that kind of radio. If, if a program director came to me and said, all right, we're going to do our mock draft, man. Are you all set to do it? I'd be like, yeah, right after I do this entire bottle of Vicodin. I'll be sure to do that. God, that is some horrible. I mean, you want to gouge your ears out with a toothpick after you hear that stuff. It's really boring. And I know it's, you know, listen, I don't mind talking about the NFL draft. Although personally, I don't even really like to talk about it. I, I never watch the NFL draft because really only about half the picks in the first round ever amount to anything at all. And only a few of them are actually really good. So uh, sitting there and speculating about it, well, and then, you know, all the talk about Tim Tebow. I've never heard so many people comment on Tim Tebow in my life. You know, I'm rooting for the guy. I'm rooting for the guy mainly because everybody else thinks he's going to suck. So I hope he comes into the league and I hope he's great. I I have a feeling he probably won't be, but I really hope he is. The guy was a winner on the college level. All he did his entire college career was win. 
and and they say, well, uh, he's he's just not going to be uh, NFL savvy. I mean, he just doesn't run. He won't be able to run the same kind of offenses that you have in the NFL. God, I hope that they that he proves them all wrong. Seems like a, a really genuine person. I mean, he's not uh, he's not like Leonard Little who uh, killed two people drunk driving. And I don't have to say allegedly, he, he was drunk driving, he got an accident, he killed somebody, and then he did it again. I love how the media guys, they all want to, they, they all rip guys like Tim Tebow who are actually doing it the right way. The guy gives maximum effort all the time. He's a great story. And then they turn around and they prop up guys like Leonard Little. And that guy from the Patriots that, uh, you know, he was another guy that got into a, a, a car wreck, a DUI. I mean, you have all these, uh, don't get it. You know, they'll talk about how great Tiger Woods is, build him up, and then they go after him. Man, this is a good story. Can't you just leave it at that? Why do you have to go out there and you, you, you have to assassinate the guy's uh, abilities? Meanwhile, all he did on every level that he's played at so far is win. Listen, if he comes into the NFL and he sucks, okay, fine. You can come on the air and you can gloat about how you were you knew all the time he was he, he was going to suck. If that makes you feel good, then do it. But I don't know, why not let the guy have at least an opportunity to prove whether or not he's going to suck? I mean, everybody foretelling, oh, he's going to be terrible. He's, yeah, I mean, he, there's just no way he's ever going to, I don't know how anybody could waste a first or a second round draft pick on this guy. Mr. Commissioner, uh, with the 29th pick, uh, we're selecting Tim Tebow. Are you insane? I mean, that's the kind of radio you're hearing today. <sighs> so, so bad. It's, it's bad radio. Sorry, but it is. Mock drafts on the radio. Oh. That's death. I will switch to anything else if you're doing that on the radio. If, if a sports radio station is doing that, and I listen to sports radio a lot, trust me, but if, if a sports radio station is doing it, I will switch and listen to Dr. Friggin' Laura, okay? 1-800-DR-LAURA. Hi. Betty, you're on the Dr. Laura show. Um... Uh, yes, Dr. Laura, my husband cheated on me. Well, you probably deserved it because you're a stupid bitch. That's why Dr. Laura's, uh, Dr. Laura's advice is, is, that's pretty much what her advice is. Can you imagine Dr. Laura? I don't even think she's, is she a, an actual doctor or is she like Dr. Phil who went to whatever it was, University of North Texas and has his degree in whatever it is, uh, physical therapy or whatever it is. Nothing against physical therapy, but you shouldn't be on the on the air playing pseudo-psychologist if you have a degree in physical therapy. Because it makes you no more or less qualified than me. Hell, I'm more qualified to be a TV psychologist than Dr. Phil. Big fat guy writing diet books. You gotta love that. Now, you see, this is what you shouldn't eat. Exactly what I'm doing, you shouldn't be doing it.
All right, Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email and PayPal address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger, EFNet IRC, the Channel Net Radio. You can always get in contact with us uh, via those avenues. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, MichaelGroff.com for all of your uh, various Michael Groff needs and so much more. You know how to get in touch with us. So. We're also on the Facebook. We're, we're everywhere. We are a ubiquitous part of the existence of the interwebs. All right, we'll be back probably maybe tomorrow for another edition of Michael Groff in Exile. The place you find it is probably where you found this episode. If not, then there's problems. All right, we'll see you next time. Have a great night, everybody. And see ya. And tune in to the next podcast when we'll do a mock draft. Yeah, right. And then I'll jump in front of a bus. See you tomorrow.